Are we homies? Today's episode of House of Cars brought to us by our delicious friends at Old El Paso. Dinner should never be boring. That's why Old El Paso never stops bringing the fun of taco night to your home. They believe taco night is the one meal that gets everyone excited to come to the table, even the pickiest seven-year-old. They designed their shells and soft tortilla bowls to stand up on their own, leaving more time for talking and filling and less time worrying about mess and spilling. Old El Paso, grab the yellow box. Taste Buds, today's House of Carbs also brought to us by our friends at Universal Orlando. If you are anything like me, one of your favorite things to do while vacationing is to enjoy delicious food and drinks. I think we're all in agreement on this one, Taste Buds. Well, at Universal Orlando Resort in Orlando, Florida, you will find a vacation experience where even your Taste Buds get to go on an adventure. While it would probably take an entire week to try all the food that is available at Universal Orlando, here are some fan favorite stops. You start your day with a breakfast pizza at the newest Universal Hotel, endless summer resort, Surfside Inn and Suites. You experience a mix of American, Mediterranean, and Asian fair cuisine at the award-winning Mythos Restaurant. Cool off with a Waturi Fusion ice cream cone at Universal's Volcano Bay. Get yourself a taste of Italy for dinner with freshly prepared pasta. We're talking carbs at Vivo Italian Kitchen and satisfy your sweet tooth at the Toothsome Chocolate Emporium and Savory Feast Kitchen. Download Universal Orlando Resort's foodie bucket list on their blog and visit www.universalorlando.com to start planning your vacation today. All right, all right, all right, my culinary comrades, my taste buds, my food friends, we've done it, we're back. It is another delicious edition of House of Cars, the food podcast for the hungry people, by the hungry people on the Ringer Podcast Network. I am your hungry host, Joe House. I'm not sure if you've noticed my hungry homies, but football season is upon us. That means we owe it to you to help plan out the next 18 to 20 Sundays of your eating calendar with football on. It is time to plan a beautiful menu. We have the perfect guest for this endeavor that's in front of us. Alex Delaney from Bon Appetit. He has gone around the country trying the most important football food groups, and he's here to help us prepare a menu that will carry us through. And of course, we have to visit with the ringer's own Kevin Clark, who was at training camps all over these United States, did some meeting and has some input for us. Let's get in that belly with Kevin Clark, and then we're going to talk to Alex Delaney and come up with a delicious football food menu. All right, my hungry homies, we would be remiss if we did not check in with one of our own resident football food experts on this, the uh, occasion of the House of Carbs football show. We have a ton of football and food talent resident here at the (laughs) Ringer. We were lucky enough to grab the star of the uh, wildly popular web series, Slow News Day. Hi, Kevin Clark. Hi, Joe House. I don't know if I'm a football and food expert. I'm a football expert. I'm working on the food part. That's why I have to to listen to House of Carbs all the time. 
Well, thank you for saying that. Uh, we, we got a lot of very nice reactions to our conversation around Orlando and the yeah. direction Orlando, Florida, your hometown, was headed. And I came away with uh, an, an extraordinary list of recommendations of places to try and things to think Mostly about. Mostly Italian places. Well, because we were we were bemoaning the fact that we we neither one of us knew about uh, yeah. any Italian yeah. food. We have in, a lot uh, now. Orlando, the hungry homies came through as they always do. But speaking of hungry homie, Kev Clark, you uh, just had occasion to travel around as you do with the other NFL experts at the ringer, Robert Mays and Danny Kelly. You were out uh, checking out some training camps, yep. which meant you were in some great cities, great food cities in this great country of, of ours. And I want to talk to you about that yep. experience a little bit. Um, so where did you go this year? I went everywhere. And so I, I am typically... You know, the NFL and food is an interesting thing because if you're looking for good restaurants, sometimes it's hard because the stadiums are a little bit out of the way. This is not the NBA or hockey or even baseball where the stadiums or where the teams play are right in the center of the city near all the good restaurants. NFL city, NFL stadiums can be four, five, ten miles away. So it's more of a tailgating experience. Unfortunately, as a media member, I don't get that as much. But the camp tour is the great evening out of it because you're just going to the practice facility. So you get a little bit of time the night before. You get to enjoy some things. Um, my my opinion, and this is probably not a hot take, from a, a football standpoint and a food standpoint, the best place to go is New Orleans. Not only because they have great food, but because the stadium is right there. So you can get I mean, my favorite experience of this calendar year was going to a game and then before that walking down Bourbon Street at 10 in the morning and there's already live jazz. There's beignets everywhere. It was it, it is whatever you need in New Orleans is in about a three block radius, including the football team. So, so they they where they conduct training camp in the Superdome? No, no. They I'm I'm talking about going to a game a preseason game there. But um ah, but, got it. but they they're they're like, I don't know, 10 minutes outside in Metairie. Um, oh, sure, yeah. sure. It's, very, it's, very reasonable. It's by the airport. So you're fine. You go to the airport, you get the team, all that. Uh, NFC Championship game. Obviously, I was there a couple months ago. Um, from my perspective, um, the best food cities in America, again, New Orleans, I would actually put, I really enjoyed, I was in San Francisco two weeks ago, really enjoyed San Francisco, went to a place called Delfina, which is a pasta shop. I heard Kylie Jenner was there a couple weeks ago, so two kind of social media stars going in the same same month, which is a big deal for them. That's um, real validation for Real you. validation for me, or for her, or for her. Or for um, her. Great or for point. her. Great point. Um, went to a great sports bar called um, the San Francisco Athletic Club there when I was there. Had some great bar food. Watched the Miami-Florida uh, game. That didn't didn't come away with the Hurricanes win there for my alma mater, but still had a great time. Um, so, yeah, I, I, it is... I think I went to 22 teams, something like that. Um, so it's a lot of food, a lot of... You know, if you get in early enough, it means a, a local IPA. Um, it's It's a heck of a time. Um, I'm going to ask you for something that's not very fair, okay? which is, uh, and I didn't tell you that I was going to ask you uh, this. Okay. And we, we don't, this, this is not intended to be a disparagement and it's going to be, you know, a hundred percent tied to your experience and, and what happened when you arrived at the city. Um, who was the worst? Hmm. Okay. So I, I have, I have a take on this. I think that this can be shaded a little bit by kind of the experience you have and and how much research you do. So there's two places I have been. I've done eight training camp tours, and five of those have gone to Bourbonnais, Illinois. I've have not had an incredible meal in Bourbonnais, but maybe there is, but it's just harder to find. When you go to Chicago, you can get recommendations. When you go to Minnesota, you can get Minneapolis, you can get great recommendations. I don't know a lot of people went to Bourbonnais. I've been to some dive bars, went with the Bears guys, uh, the, the, um, the beat writers, had a great time, had some great Bud Light, but I've never had a great meal there. I'm sure people can can file in and, and give us some good recs there. The other place that I haven't had incredible success with is Spartanburg, South Carolina. Um, again, another smaller town. Uh, I stay at the Marriott right downtown there, kind of a lot of chains within the vicinity. Maybe there's some great Main Street drag uh, oasis that I've, as far as restaurants go that I haven't seen. I know there are some good bars there, but I would say the smaller towns, your Bourbon, Illinois, your Spartanburg, South Carolina, that's where you get in. I would also say, love my guys in Atlanta, but they practice about an hour or more north in a place called Flowery Branch, Georgia. Not a ton of options up there. 
Yeah. So let, let me explain the method to my madness here uh, by putting you on the spot. It is often the case that places where we in our travels, and this is true like across the time that we've been doing the podcast, may not have encountered the best that this particular venue, uh, destination, city on a map had to offer. And the taste buds will tell us they yes. will come up. So this is this was my uh, slightly underhanded way. Now I bet, for instance, in or around Spartanburg, South yes. Carolina, there is some incredible barbecue. I it would just I goes would, without saying. Not uh, my dad's side of my family's from South Carolina, not Spartan. Par parts of Mar are from Spartanburg, actually. But um, there's a huge South Carolina contingent. And throughout our lives, one of the great staples was them bringing barbecue to us from South Carolina. That was some of the best barbecue I've ever had. So I am ready to get some Spartanburg barbecue recommendations for the next time I go there. Yeah. And, and the same has to be true of the venue in, in Illinois. There's got to be some kind of diner within arm's reach that where, you know, there, there is at least like a, a, a pie that they make there yep. that's incredible or some gnocchi or, you know, some some uh, chicken and dumplings kind Absolutely. of vibe. One, one of those kind of angles. So we just put it out there to all our culinary comrades. We just named a few places. If you have a recommendation, pass it along. We're here in the service of you, the eating public. All right. So we, we've handled that bit of it. Now let's talk about some superlatives. And I'm I'm most interested, you know, this segment we like to call the best thing I ate this week. Yeah. Now we're 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 expanding the horizons because you were all over the map here in the United States. But give us uh, a highlight and we'll even indulge a two highlights if you have to uh of your your travels this training camp season. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. Well, I would say that that most of my great meals on the road, first of all, there's a running joke, and, and I'm going to get completely owned by someone like Mallory Rubin, who actually knows my travels when I'm there. 50 to 75% of my meals happen to be at your Starbucks or your Panera's. I actually get ripped for being a little bit basic on the road because I just need free Wi-Fi in order to file my stories. Um, I would say... That when I'm out there, my favorite moments are when you're able to just sort of get a burger and a beer. And so for, for me, you have places when you're in Northern California, you get something like, you know, some Russian River stuff. Um, I love the Midwestern IPAs, stuff like uh, Great Lakes Brewing Company, um, the, uh, the one in um, – Michigan as well. Oh, gosh. What is that? I'm going to look it up here. Bell. Uh, Bell's Brewery. Two Artedale. That's what I'm talking about. Two Artedale. Um, and so you're able to get a burger somewhere. And so you just go out. I, I typically just find a place, whether that's, you know, in Detroit, whether that's in Cleveland, whatever it is, just give me a burger and a beer and give me those IPAs. And I'm, I'm 100% in. Okay. So the, the best thing you ate on your road trips was... Oh, was, was the Midwest IPAs. Yes, but also I would say I would say the road trip. The best thing I had on my road trip was was Delfina in San Francisco. Oh, okay, okay, that's, so that's fair. Yeah, that's down the middle. That makes sense. Uh, you know, uh, Italian in San Francisco, uh, beignets in in New Orleans, yep. and then it's helpful to uh, the taste buds, the culinary comrades, to share with them your unique feel for flavor for the appeal to you of those Midwestern. IPAs, and I'm glad that we we were able to uh, get that out. There. I also loved so one of the things about um, one of the things about the road trip is you a lot of times you cannot enter the major cities because you know, of traffic or whatever. So one of the things I loved, I spent a day and a half in Jersey just bopping between diners, and that's awesome. And, and again, if I go into New York City, it's going to cost me half a day because of going into the tunnel, because of because of going up and down the city and, and just finding a place to put my car or whatever. So I had a great day. I don't even remember the name of the diners, but I had a great day. I probably had every single, all four meals I had in Jersey were at just diners on the side of Route 27 or whatever. It was awesome. Well, speaking of, you know, ringer uh, NFL Illuminati Cognoscenti, this was uh, – the the corner that our our good pal Mike Lombardi yes, uh, rested on he's he's been extolling the virtues of the Jersey Diners uh, our 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 entire uh, time together so I'm not surprised to to hear you say that and I also appreciate that that you just you were kind of generic about it there's one no, doesn't just, necessarily rise just above stop another there. just stop there and 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 one of the things about Jersey is it's oddly a place you spend a lot of time and it's probably aside from Lombardi being from that area. 
Um, if you're, if you're, I lived in New York for seven years, and when you cover the NFL, you're always going to not only the Jets and the Giants, but Philadelphia, Baltimore, Washington. You have to stop for meals in New Jersey all the time. It's kind of, right. a, it's kind of an overlooked thing. It's a throughway. So if you don't, if you don't know sort of what diners to stop in, you're screwed. The Jersey Turnpike is is the connective the connective tissue for 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 the NFL. Mm-hmm. What was the right? diner? I, there was another one. The Jets used to. Tr- it was. I, I remember it because uh, Revis and the Jets negotiated there. I want to remember what diner it was, and it was an up. It was on the way. It was in Roscoe, New York. It, yeah, it was the Roscoe Diner in Roscoe, New York. That was always my favorite diner because it was on the way to Jets and Giants training camp in Roscoe, New York. And then we found out it was like a staple among a lot of the writers, the Roscoe Diner. And then Revis and the Jets tra- contract negotiations break down. And the Jets, as th- being the smart organization apparently they are, decided to have contract negotiations at the Roscoe Diner. Diners are a huge part of football, House. I, I I like this. What a, what a revelation! Yeah, I, I mean, I had no idea this is where we were gonna land in this uh, conversation today, Kevin Clark. But it was a uh, uh, very very helpful. It's, it's informative to the eating public out there. I think we have achieved our goal, and you know, we have the Roscoe Diner. Is that wh- where is that in New York? What's Roscoe, New York? Where is that? It's upstate, upstate New York. Yeah. Okay, got it. We have Delfinas in San Francisco, and we have. The the Midwest IPAs. Absolutely. I mean, I, I I think we've we've done it. Thank also, you, my San buddy. Francisco Athletic Club is, is is a good sports bar. I'm in on that. Can we? Is that that's not one of those exclusive? No, sports no. Clubs. Well, it, I, I thought it was. I thought it was, and then it turned out uh, it's totally it's totally fine. Um, I'm looking. Right. So, but Roscoe, by the way, is uh, outside. It looks like the closest major city is Binghamton. So that's where all right. We're at. Well, if you find yourself. At. If you find yourself in Binghamton, get get over Maybe to Roscoe's. Actually, no, I'm looking at the wrong map. It's uh, it's it's I don't know. It's like an hour north of New York. Just go. Looks okay. like maybe an hour north. Just go. Just go. It's upstate. Just go. Two That's hours the north. Answer. Upstate New York. Kevin Clark, you are our eating hero as well as our NFL hero. Thanks for coming on House of Cars. Thanks, Joe. As always, my thanks to Kevin Clark. Get yourself to Roscoe's. We're going to talk to Alex Delaney here in a second. But first, quick word from the good people at Old El Paso. Taco night is a magical night. It doesn't just have to be Taco Tuesday. It can be any night. The night where everyone can eat happy. The night where conversations are engaging. The mood is light. And no matter how you fill it, everyone has their own perfect taco but what if your shell falls over the tortilla dumps all that greatness onto your plate complete devastation kids crying meal ruined game over why risk the chaos grab old el paso old el paso shells hold their own their stand and stuff shells won't fall over. Their tortilla bowls are soft but won't spill your perfected taco. They even created mini tortilla bowls for kids' hands or appetizers with Old El Paso. You can spend more time enjoying the food and company and less time scooping the meat and the cheese back into the shell and to top it off. Their seasoning is the number one favorite in America. We have been rocking the old El Paso. The yellow box is in the house household because I can get my little homie squared away with a delicious steak taco. My man, the nine-year-old, he's down with some very high-end, highfalutin flavor profiles. He likes a nice steak, black bean, rice uh, uh, inside the delicious taco shell. That's his game. We don't we don't stop it. Old El Paso, my friends. Grab the yellow box. You want more taco ideas? Go to oldelpaso.com for recipes, products, and so much more. My culinary comrades, one of the most important responsibilities we have here at House of Carbs, and one we take extremely seriously, is making sure that as each of the seasons change, we are capturing for you 
the very best of the food moment and giving out extraordinary guidance on how best to tackle your own belly situation. Well, my food friends, here we are. We are at one of those moments. I'm not sure if you noticed, it is football season, which means it is time to get serious about the spread, either that you're going to host or that you are going to participate in as a guest over the next 20 Sundays. Now, fortunately, we did not have to go very far to find a person with exactly the credentials we need for this crucial belly moment. This gentleman is the associate editor and drinks editor at Bon Appetit, but most importantly, for our purposes, he is the host and star of the incredibly popular series put out by Bon Appetit, Alex Eats It All. Alex Delaney, welcome to House of Carbs. Oh, well, thank you very much, House. I'm glad, uh, I'm glad my credentials are finally being used for the exact proper purpose. I feel like this is, this is what I'm on the planet to do right here, talk to you on this podcast about football, about the spread. My, my man, this is an incredible thing. So uh, I'll just confess, if the internet existed when I was your age, uh, and I won't say how many years ago I was your age, <laughs> but if, if the internet had been around, if Al Gore had his shit together and had invented the internet, I can assure you <laughs> that the job that you have, what you were doing in terms of this incredible public service to the eating public, going out there and, 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 and sharing with everybody 16 Philly cheesesteaks in 12 hours, 14 Chicago hot dogs in 12 hours, 23 New York pizza slices in 36 hours. My man, this is the Lord's work, and I commend you. Well, you know, someone needs to do it. Someone needs to do it, and, uh, <laughs> and it turns out it's me. Um, well, yeah, I think maybe you were, you were born maybe, I'll, I'll be generous, I'll say a, a couple years too early. <laughs> to, to have that, uh, to have that job, uh, that job title. Well, we're going to dive in here. We're going to talk through, uh, you know, some of your experiences with these very food groups because these are the most important food groups here uh, for for football season. Um, but one yeah. observation I, I would like to make, and this is a little bit of a of a sideways direction. I'm going to take this. I'm not sure. Uh, if if producer Kyle had a chance, I sent him a couple of the videos yesterday. I just want to make this observation. You and producer yeah. Kyle could be gosh darn doppelgangers. I mean, <laughs> you guys look so crazy similar. At some point in time, I would like to to for, for us to get together, me, you, producer Kyle, and then whoever else wants to join. And we're going to do, is it the lady or is it producer Kyle? And we're going to sit down and uh, eat and have some kind of spectacular thing. It's you, you, <laughs> Kyle. Did you did you look up Brother Delaney's? Yeah, uh, I, I couldn't I couldn't grow a mustache like that if, in my wildest dreams. But I'd say, <laughs> I can see what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> well, the the thing that I do know you're capable of, uh, my man, is is eating with the best of us. So we will we will make this happen. I think this could be some good content. And and so for all I the am, hungry homies, keep an I am eye absolutely out. down. That's I, I knew you would be. I didn't even ask. <laughs> so, <laughs> so let's go ahead and talk a little bit about, in the first place, the video series, Alex Eats It All. You got seven episodes sure. out. Um, what, where, where did the idea come from? So it's actually funny. I, I was never supposed to do this video series. Um, Andrew Knowlton, I believe, may have been on the pod, has definitely written or talked to you all for the site. Um, he he's a, was he's, our deputy he's editor here. Yeah, he's a taste bud of ours. I, I assure yeah. you, he's been on multiple times. Exactly. Um, he was supposed to do so. He was the deputy deputy editor at uh, BA for a while, and he was supposed to go to Chicago and, over the course of three days, film this kind of you know tour of the Chicago style hot dog. Ended up not being able to go. They asked me to go instead. I had never been on camera before. Um, and I, I was leaving to go to Switzerland for a vacation the next day. So I was basically, I'll do it, but we have to film it all in 24 hours. And that kind of dictated the rules of, of the series. And that's, that's kind of how those, uh, those episodes started happening. So it was all kind of, kind of an accident. Oh, so like, like everybody knows the rules one bite. You have your own, 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 that's a different web series. (laughs) Everybody knows the rules one bite. 
this you have your own 24 exactly. hours but i did i did appreciate yeah. for the for the pizza you extended it to 36 because you that was I a mean, broad you undertaking. Gotta, yeah you can't you can't just give new york city one day there's a there's a lot of stuff to get through you gotta you gotta give it the proper time the proper love okay so just for all of our uh uh, hungry homies out there um, who yeah. may just be encountering you. The the series so far consists of Chicago hot dogs, Philly yeah. cheesesteaks, of which you are you 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 grew up with those. Those were in your DNA already. Am I right? That's that's my hometown food. Yeah, yeah. Austin breakfast tacos, New York pizza slices, Buffalo wings, in in Buffalo. I think right. Yeah, in Buffalo. And then the Juicy Lucy Cheeseburgers, which is that uh, that specialty in Minnesota, Minneapolis, Minnesota, did you, or is it, or yeah. is it in and around Minneapolis? Minneapolis. We did, uh, we did Twin Cities. So, like, there were a couple spots Twin we cities. went to in, uh, in St. Paul. And then, surprisingly, I have to tell you, the most recent episode, Poutine. Uh, yeah. Where did, where did you go for that? Montreal. So, we, we took yeah. the show international. Well done. Very well done. That is the birthplace, yeah. uh, I believe. And, and so you have to go to the, uh, the original uh, for the original experience. You got to go right to, straight Absolutely. to the source. Uh, I, I appreciate Absolutely. the commitment to authenticity there. Um, so <laughs> uh, 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 of those so far, now we, it's, a, it's a beautiful thing. It really did set up for this, just this show today, us sitting down together, because that's really nine-tenths of the most important food groups, I would say, for a football spread for the next 20 Sundays. Um, but let's let you, what, what, what is your thought? Let me hear kind of your strategy as we think about uh, the upcoming football season. How, how would you map out a, a, uh, a Sunday food spread? Okay, so I, to, to preface this, I, for a long time, I was I was kind of the... I was in the in the mindset that it was like, oh, you know, everyone does wings, everyone does, you know, a big hoagie, everyone does whatever. Like, I'm going to do something crazy. I'm going to do some other shit that like is going to set me apart. And I recently, at the end of last season, I was like, I need to go back to the basics. Like, mm. I need to give the the people exactly what they want when I host, and but just make sure it's the best possible version of that thing. So, like right now, I'm all about the classics. I'm all about the simples. I'm about you know serving a couple different types of wings. I'm about doing the giant hoagie, slicing it up for everyone to eat. I'm about doing the old school onion dip, slow roasted onion dip. Like the classics, they're classics, they're classics for a reason. Yeah. So uh, in terms, do, do you, how often do you host? Are you the regular host or are you a host once a month? What's, what's your uh, host responsibility look like? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'll usually do maybe once every three weeks, once every four weeks. Um, my friend group, you know, everyone kind of likes to host. Everyone is, I'm in a friend group that none of us are really fans of the same team. So it makes it, it makes it a little more exciting to go to someone else's place to watch the games. And, uh, yeah, so I'd, I'd say once every three weeks. That's terrific. Okay. Well, let's talk yeah. about these, these basics, these simples and doing the best version of them. And if, if we may, let's start with what I believe is, is the most, uh, noteworthy, notable, crucial, it's it's at the king of the football food pyramid, and I'm talking about the chicken wing. Uh, yeah, let, let's start there, please. Okay, so my my strategy with the wings is always like you know, like you said, it's the classic, the buffalo. That's what people expect, and that's to me always served. Like that's that's a given. Yeah, I don't watch football without buffalo wings in my vicinity. Um, but you know a lot. People have a lot of opinions about, about buffalo wings. That's, that's what I learned when I did that video. Right. Um, so it's to me, again, it's like the simple. People try and go wild with it. It's making sure you toss your wings beforehand, onion powder, baking powder, uh, garlic powder, pepper, salt, real simple. Bake them a little bit lower than you think if you're going for the baked route. If you're going for the fried route, I mean, you know how to do that. But uh, always finish them under the broiler and then always the sauce, like, People really, really, really fuck up their their buffalo sauce. Um, it's got to be simple. Frank's, brown sugar, butter, that's it. Simmered over the stove, concentrate it, and then little toss right before. I, I, I need a wing to be crispy, and I need it to be saucy. It should be both things, not just one or the other. 
So that that's interesting. I like the down the middle take, and I like um, all of those uh, very uh, you know cr- crucial elements that we we've set forth there. What about uh, variety? Do you accommodate folks that might like, for instance, a dry rub wing? Oh, absolutely. So that's the thing. For me, it's always serve two types of wing. It should be it should be you have the buffalo for the classics, but then I'll do I'll do maybe like um, a Chinese five spice rub with a little bit of brown oh. sugar, just salt and pepper. Um, if you want to go the dry rub route, or do more of a, a kind of like a, a chili blend, so maybe like chipotle and ancho, again with salt um, and a little bit of a cumin or something like that. You can go either ways with the dry rub, but then what I'm all about, I'm a, I'm a huge nerd for any kind of like sweet, sticky, miso, chili glaze on my wings. That's my, my ideal wing is a, is kind of a, a Vietnamese style wing. Oh, okay. Cause I was going to go, I was going to ask you about Korean, but right. The, the, the Korean wing requires just a little more heavy lift in terms of the double fry, which is really, I think the, the best way to capture it. And then that comes out Absolutely. dry and then you can have, you can have a dipping sauce if, if, if you like, I, I think, am I messing that up? Can, can you have a dipping oh, sauce no, no. with the Korean wing? Absolutely. Yeah. Either you can, you can go the dip or with the Korean wings, what I like to do is just like a little, uh, sweet garlic soy sauce. So like soy sauce simmered, a little bit of brown sugar, and then tons of grated garlic. Um, and then give them a little toss in that before you serve them. Just like not a, not a ton of it. You don't want them to be soggy. You want to keep that crisp. But you could also just serve that as a dipping sauce too. So that that's not to me too dissimilar from the Vietnamese um, approach, the Vietnamese style. In my head, in my mouth, in my belly experience, the <laughs> Vietnamese tends to be. Um, like my experience of it, it's, it's, uh, very saucy. Like I just expect to have yeah. it on my hands and, and, and my face. Um, is that a, is that a, a appropriate way to think about it? Absolutely. Absolutely. So when I do, when I do like a more of a Vietnamese style wing, I'll, I'll do maybe the actual cooking of the wing, cook it more like, like a dry rubbed wing. So like just do, um, a little, a brief marinade, throw them in the fridge, dry, let them dry out uncovered a little bit. So they get, they get primed to be crispy. Uh, but then just do, uh, a little bit of garlic and onion powder, um, salt, pepper. And then at the end I make, uh, make a sauce that's usually includes miso, a little bit of brown sugar, a little bit of a sambal chili paste, which is like a garlic and chili fermented, uh, chili paste, rice vinegar and fish sauce. And man, cook that over the stove, reduce it. And then right when those wings like either come out of the fryer or the oven, depending how you're doing them, um, just give it a real quick toss in this glazy kind of thing. And they're, they're nice and sticky and saucy and just like packed with flavor. Just gorgeous. Now, uh, the one thing about, I personally absolutely love a straight down the middle Buffalo wing when it's executed properly. But I will say the heat that comes from Frank's and I love Frank's. There's yeah. a giant jar of it sitting in my fridge as we speak. It's I like <laughs> it just a little hotter. So yeah. with the with kind of the Asian profile we're talking about, either the Vietnamese approach or the Korean approach, um, could you do it? Cause does the sambal paste, is that a way to kind of elevate the heat? Yeah, you definitely could. So the the thing with the sambal is that it's um so with Frank's, like it's a, that's a vinegar-heavy sauce, right? It's super tangy. Like the base of that is probably white distilled vinegar. Mm-hmm. Um, with sambal, it's not. It's a much funkier, straightforward chili flavor. So it's not super tangy. It doesn't have all that vinegar going on, and it's more about the flavor of the chili and a little bit of garlic and like that kind of like funky fermented flavor you get with like kimchi or something like that. Yeah. That that must be uh, the the appeal. I I grew up. We I was so fortunate as a as a youth to have uh, amongst my group of friends two brothers, two Korean brothers, and very early yeah. in my eating career, they were they were hosting me and my two brothers uh, for for meals in elementary school, and I was introduced to to kimchi uh back in in the 70s if you can believe it i mean i know how that that may uh not be believable but i i always have that that penchant 
for funk. It is it is uh yeah. in it in my DNA now. So uh what you're what you're talking about with these wings is appealing to me. Now I'm gonna put you on the spot here. I have in front of me, I have your Instagram open, and the last yeah. post, the last post <laughs> that's up is a combination. It's a beautiful looking tray. I see four uh, orders of wings in here. It looks like you, you've hit the mark on two types of wings. Uh, yeah. And then there's a, there's an addition to the to the, to the tray. Now, before we talk about the addition, what are what are the two types of wings that you have assembled here? Um, so to give context here, this is at my buddy Will's place uh, over in Jersey, and and we he is a big fan of cooking and also ordering. So we ordered the wings. Um, those were half Buffalo, uh, and half barbecue. Oh, okay. Oh, classic, barbecue. Classic sure. Southern barbecue. Yeah. Why not? Why not? Absolutely. Uh, Why not? Brilliant. Do we, should we give a shout out to the establishment? Were they good enough to deserve a shout out? Yeah. 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 The, uh, the, the place is called Nino's in, uh, in Hoboken, New Jersey. Boom. Hoboken, New Jersey knows wings. I believe they, uh, you were correct. They do. Yeah. Okay, but the, the the there was a surprise element on the, that appears in this picture, <laughs> uh, and and now that you said the the proprietor is Nino's, it's not it's less of a surprise. Let's let's it's tell the hungry homies. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, a little order of uh, meatballs and sauce. To me, that's like I. So I'm I'm Irish and Italian. So I grew up in a red sauce family. Red sauce and football are kind of, you know, you can't separate the two for me. And a lot of my friends are uh, grew up in Italian American families too. So there's always a little hit of red sauce something whenever I'm watching football. And and last weekend it was indeed meatballs. Oh, so now with you guys with Dinos, did you have to tell them how many balls you needed be, to cover the 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 full array of of pals assembled? Because I see at least six balls in this picture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the, my the thing that Will, my buddy Will, loves about that place is that you can order by the meatball. Um, <laughs> this is so, my kind of joy. Which is, yes, which is which is genius. Um, yes, yeah, so it everyone, is genius. Everyone grabbed a meatball. Yeah. All right, quick break from this delicious conversation with Alex Delaney for a word from our friends at M and M's. Hungry homies, if you love M and M's and you love hazelnut spread, then you will be. Head over heels for the new M&M's Hazelnut Spread Chocolate Candies. M&M's Hazelnut Spread is going where no hazelnut spread has gone before. Right inside M&M's Chocolate Candies. If you love M&M's Chocolate Candies and you love hazelnut spread, just wait until you try these together for the first time. M&M's has added a delicious hazelnut spread to the center of smooth M&M's milk chocolate and crunchy candy shell. Enjoy them on their own or use them to dress up your other favorite treats. Just imagine them baked into cookies or sprinkled on top of your go-to ice cream flavor. I have not yet had the opportunity to try these bad boys but when you are talking about my go-to ice cream flavor and the flavor profile of these M&M's hazelnut spread chocolate candies, we're talking about a sea salt caramel, uh, delicious creaminess added with this luxe hazelnut spread M&M on top sprinkled throughout to get that crunch. Hungry homies, we're not doing any better than that. Go hazelnutty and try the new M&M's Hazelnut Spread Chocolate Candies today. Hungry Homies, support for House of Carbs today. Brought to you by Smart Water. Great taste deserves great tasting water. That's why Smart Water created two more ways to hydrate with the same great taste you know and love. New Smart Water Alkaline and Smart Water Antioxidant. Smart Water Alkaline has 9 plus pH to help keep you hydrated while you are on the move. Whether you're climbing up a mountain or doing mountain climbers on your mat, or even just going from kitchen to table, grab a bottle of Smart Water Alkaline to move with you. Or, if you're looking for a moment of zen, Smart Water Antioxidant with added selenium helps you find balance 
for your body and mind. So the next time you are craving me time, grab Smart Water Antioxidant. And now there's a way to order Smart Water. Just ask Alexa, order Smart Water, and the rest is taken care of. Yourself will thank yourself. Smart Water, that's pretty smart. All right. Well, I, I think we've uh, set up, uh, you know, the, the the wing component of of this uh, spread properly. What would you say is kind of the next uh, most important element um, for for a, a spread as we look off over the next twenty weeks? Sure. So I I think you know you have your you have your wing move, and then to me there should always be some kind of a, a sandwich in play. And maybe that's a slider. Maybe you do you do a braised pork shoulder, pulled pork situation. Maybe it's a smash burger. Although I'm not going to call a burger a sandwich. That's a whole nother podcast episode. I feel like um, do a smash burger, thin patty, melted American cheese, thinly sliced onions, uh, pickles, mayo, yada yada. I want to tap the brakes on the smash burger for a second because he- here's one of the challenges: if you offer those to your guests, you're hosting. That is that is labor intensive in the sense that you 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 cannot you you need to have a television set up where either you can be in the kitchen and and catching the game or this has to be a real project that you undertake at halftime with like chop chop you know where we we, we have a yes. uh, a twelve minutes to get this done or it's a pregame or postgame kind of thing. What 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 do you think is the best strategy if we're going to offer up a smash burger slider kind of action? Sure. So I think I think there are two ways you can do it. One, either way, you're going to have to do all your prep first, right? Your patty should be made, your cheese should be layered out and sliced, all your condiments should be in little bowls. There should be minimal work. The only work you should actually be doing when you're doing it is toasting buns, smashing patties. That's it. Um, so I, personally, I think I have it down to to enough of a science where I can do it during halftime. Um, and my TV at home is, is not, you know, I can, I can catch glimpses from the kitchen. So I feel comfortable doing that. The other thing is, and this is how I usually watch football, especially with, you know, I'm hanging out with friends that are not all Eagles fans, unfortunately. Um, but I'll do them in between the games. So like, we'll do, a, a you know, we'll watch the one o'clock games and then in between, maybe there's a game we don't really care as much about. But in between the one and the four, or in between the four and the eight, I feel like that's the prime time to really serve a smash burger. Yeah, this is a, an absolutely uh, stellar observation and and a, a real point of guidance for all of our taste buds out there, because uh, it's rarely the case in my experience that if you're assembling with pals to watch, that social scene ends at just one game, and exactly. and so if. It needs to be a multiple game experience. It can be the four o'clock that then runs into the eight o'clock. It's more typical for it to be the one o'clock that runs into the four o'clock. But you, it, yeah. that really does create an opportunity because it's almost universally the case that one of those ga- two two time slots is going to have the game that is the focal point for the social crew, and then the the second game is going to be sort of less important, and that really opens up. The, the social window and and importantly the eating in uh, window in fact I will say it's still hot here on the East Coast so a lot of the things that we would have in in this in this menu right now are things that like you know you're not gonna do chili you're not gonna slave over you know the the oven with uh you know any kind of a, a pork shoulder thing I don't think at this stage of the season because it's just too goddamn hot but also, because we still have beautiful grilling opportunities right now. And in fact, yep. that's what I did this most recent Sunday. It was the only way to salt the wounds after the pathetic second half performance by my deadskins <laughs> up against your Eagles. I mean, my deadskins sucked me in and let me, let me believe for a full half of competent football that we had a chance. And then Deshaun Jackson came out after halftime and put a swift end to that. Uh, but we, we did. He put on a show. I mean, he he did what he does. Like you know, he's only been yeah. doing it for fifteen years. Um, <laughs> but but the only way to get over it was with a beautiful flank steak that we grilled out. You know, and flank steak takes all of when when it's uh, properly at at uh, room temperature, it takes all of two minutes to cook up. And then you know, that, so that was 
that that worked out perfect. Um, but this menu Absolutely. that we're we are we're walking uh, folks through this will carry on through through the the balance of of uh, this entire football season. So I interrupted you on the smash burger just because I wanted to make sure we could give out some. Uh, some good instruction oh, yeah. on on the logistics yeah. of it, but you you were about to go into the, the the whole sandwich concept. So let me let me let you continue, sir. Okay. Um, also, I do I would like to say that right now this is prime grilling season for me. Grilling grilling in the summer is like is great, but I'm a I'm a sweater. Uh, if I can grill in you know October, that's exactly when when I want to grill. A little bit cool oh, out. Grill sure. still works just fine. Yeah. Um, so I'm grilling deep into football season, but uh, for the sandwich move, okay. So you can do your sliders, you can do your smash burger, you can do you know sausage, pepper, and onion sandwiches. That's a that's a big South Philly thing for me. Um, but for me, it's it's really about the massive hoagie. That's that's what I love uh, for football. Um, getting going to an Italian uh, deli or something, getting one of those you know one, two, three foot semolina rolls, um, and then doing either a classic Italian, uh, hoagie sub hero grinder, whatever you want to call them. Um, and then slicing that up and, and letting everybody just kind of grab it, throwing it out on a big cutting board, let everybody go after their own slice. So what's your take on compiling that beautiful sandwich yourself versus, uh, ordering it? Cause you, you know, you have up there in the, the greater, New Jersey, New York metropolitan area, 5,000 uh, outstanding choices. Hoboken, New Jersey. I mean, you have 500 unbelievable places that you could order, you know, a three foot or a four foot or a five foot sub. But on the other hand, the good people at Bon Appetit, you know, this this very summer gave out an extensive uh, array of, of uh, instruction on how to build the perfect beach hoagie, something that you make yeah. the night before and then, and then bring with yourself. So what for in this football season mode, what's your, what's your uh, gut on, on the best way to move here? My gut is, is make the sandwich yourself, right? Oh, if you have okay. a deli, if you have a deli that you trust, let them do it, get it. That's fine. Um, I've, that is certainly something that I've done before, especially living in Manhattan. There's plenty of, of great Italian uh, delis around, but you know, if if you're having people over, you want to put your best foot for, forward. You want to make sure you have complete control of the hoagie. Um, so, so I would say definitely make it. And and I'm I have a very I'm a very opinionated man when it comes to sandwiches. So I, I have my whole my whole kind of list of things that make a great football sandwich. Well, let's hear them. Okay, so you're not just doing. We're going to start with we're going to start with the meat. You're not just doing one meat. It's got to be, I call it, I call it the meat trifecta. So texturally you do one emulsified meat, which is something like bologna or, or mortadella. Uh, then you do a cooked meat, which is something like your classic uh, ham. And then you do a cured meat. So something like uh, prosciutto or speck or something like that. And texturally and flavor wise, it gives you three different things. That's why the classic Italian, the classic Italian uh, hoagie is, is one of the greatest sandwiches of all time. It's because it has yes. all three textures, all three flavors. Um, so you don't want to just go with one meat. Um, secondly, you got to do lettuce the right way. It's shredded. We call it shredded around here, shredded iceberg lettuce. Mm. Um, and that's something you can do at home really easily. Just literally take a head of, uh, iceberg lettuce and throw it against a box grater. Gives you those nice, like kind of strands of lettuce texturally. It's, it's beautiful. It's crispy. It's all over the place. So you're not getting kind of unbalanced, uh, a lettuce distribution on your sandwich. Um, and then the third mandatory for me is that you have to have a spread that goes one step above. So instead of just doing mayo or just doing, you know, oil and vinegar or whatever, take it, take it another step further. So I really like, and this is actually the, the beach hoagie that you, uh, that you mentioned, uh, chopping up, uh, jardinera and mixing it in with mayo or chopping up some really nice pickles, mixing it in with, with your mayo, doing some kind of step up that brings the mayo to another place. So tangy or spicy or whatever. And that is the, that's a little thing that kind of blows people's minds. I, I, it's, it's blowing my mind. I, I totally agree. I, I am, uh, I, I guess I, I don't want to overstate it. Let me try and be humble, but I am a, a, a <laughs> Jardinera aficionado. 
My, I, I, yeah. I have a mixed uh, uh, ethnic background like you, but a Itali- strong Italian uh, for, on my grandfather's side. And I had this tradition uh, as a kid going to my grandfather's house for Sunday uh, dinner. My mom would cook and we would go to this Italian deni- deli, an authentic Italian deli here in Washington, D.C. called A La Terry's. And one of my absolute favorite pastimes, if I was lucky enough to, to go along for the car ride, was they had a giant Jardinera, uh, I don't know what the right, the, the vessel was. It was it was much bigger than a bowl, um, but like a vat nearly of, of Jardinera. And the <laughs> guys would see the kids coming and they'd, they'd scoot, give us a spoonful and let us have a spoonful like right out of the, the container. Now that's, a, again, that was some number of years ago, some number of decades ago. Uh, I don't know if you can get that experience at, at the Whole Foods. But uh, what, 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 one thing I will say, and I'm interested in, in your take on this, if we're going to go down the Jardinera hole, um, there is a purveyor, a sandwich purveyor that's, that's nationwide, I believe, that uh, its single best food ingredient to me is indeed its Jardinera, which it will sell to you in, in a jar, and that's Potbelly's Jardinera. Have, have you had Potbelly's Jardinera? I have not had Potbelly's Jardinera. Oh, brother, I'm telling you. It it is a it's a it's a game changer. I mean, it, it is it it really does capture uh, the authenticity of of that particular item, and it also lends itself perfectly to what you are recommending here, which is get a couple scoops, mix it in with the mayo, then you put the yep. lid right back on the jar, goes in the fridge. The jar doesn't last very long in my house, but I I'm I'm happy to recommend to you the pot belly jardinera. All right. All right, that's a good. That's going on my list. I got. Yeah. I got I'm gonna. I'm gonna uh, figure out where the closest pot belly is and uh, head there for lunch right now. Actually. Hey now, all right. I'm excited. I I was able to give you a little something. We gave it out to all the culinary comrades. Now, uh, we just went right down the middle. That's a great feast. We covered a lot of territory uh, yeah. there. I want to make sure that um, we go ahead and, and, and share with all our hungry homies. One thing that's kind of off the beaten path, maybe not what you would expect on a, on a Sunday football spread. I think you have a, a, a something that's going to surprise folks. Let, let, let's hear what you have in mind. I do, I do. Okay, so every, I'm sure you have never been to uh, a game day celebration that does not have potato chips, right? That's kind of a... if. If you're watching football, there's potato chips somewhere in the room. Is that I would say that's a safe assumption. I, I mean, I think that's a safe assumption. I'm with you. Yes. <laughs> and beer. Um, so, oh, and yeah, and yeah. I mean, we, that's a whole Obviously. that's a whole another conversation. Whole another thing. Um, right? So, so something that I've been doing lately, and this is we run a, a couple recipes for this uh, at Bon Appetit, um, but everyone's had potato chips. Everyone knows what potato chip tastes like taking your potato chips and doing something else to them. Um, that's kind of been my signature uh, of hosting. So uh, maybe a couple years ago, we ran a recipe for cacio e pepe potato chips, which oh. literally, it's essentially like you take plain potato chips, drizzle them with olive oil, throw them in the oven to get a little more toasty, deeper character out of them, take them out, tons of uh, cracked black pepper and uh, freshly grated Parmesan, mix them all up and serve them. It's, it's the simplest thing you could ever do, but people freak the hell out about them. Um, and we just did another one that was essentially like a homemade um, sour cream and onion potato chips. So taking that same kind of strategy, taking chips, drizzling them with olive oil, putting them in the oven, warming them up, developing that flavor a little more, taking them out, tossing them with garlic powder, onion powder, um, freshly chopped dill, a little bit of green onion, salt, pepper, and serving them up. It's just like it's the simplest thing you can do, and people never see it coming, and it's always the thing. Whenever I get a text the next day, it's like, dude, what the hell were those potato chips? Can you send me the recipe? And then you send the recipe, and it's like it takes 10 minutes to make them. Yeah, so for both of those strategies, they don't have to go back in the oven. They just go in the oven once to to, to go with- um change slightly change the character with the combination of the olive oil and what that heat does um exactly. to, the, to the chip right so it seems yeah. like and you that, need a, that heat a chip is super that can, important well let, let, let me go ahead and let you uh yeah. 
explain that. But in in the context of the question I'm going to ask, it seems like you need a chip that can stand up to that challenge. They can't be thin chips, right? Absolutely. Like you're not going to. I love a classic Lay's chip, but a classic Lay's doesn't have enough of a backbone to kind of support that. So you want something that's like more the kettle cook style, a little bit thicker, a little more crunch to it. Um, yeah, yeah. You can't you can't go anything anything uh, flimsy. And how long does or, or do they have to be in the oven? So it's really not long at all. Um, it's the, the oven goes maybe four twenty five. That's usually what I do them at, and then uh, throw them in after they're tossed in oil. They're there for maybe maybe three minutes before you kind uh, of flip them over, give them a shake, and then go for another three minutes. So it's really only like six minutes in the oven. Okay, that's terrific. And then you have your yeah. ingredients. The, the ingredients are so simple and easy to compile, so and they're just sitting there while the six minutes is happening, and then they come out, they're hot, they go into the bowl with the ingredients, and then they're yep. ready to serve right away? Yeah, just give them a toss, and then uh, and then just throw them out on the table, yeah. And that heat, the, the, I mean, the most important thing is that the chip gets hot, the oil gets hot, and that's what is really going to like absorb and, and soak up all of that flavor from the onion powder, garlic powder, chili flakes, you know, whatever you're going to use there. Um, it it kind of like and, brings it all back into the chip. And with the cacio e pepe, the Parmesan, is it, is, did you say it was shredded Parmesan or grated? Grated, grated. So like, Gr- um, okay. like kind of the snow, the snowflake sprinkly vibe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got it. So it, it will adhere to that hot chip that comes out because the olive oil will soak it right up. I mean, it'll, it, the, the snowflakes exactly. will sit right on there. They want you to build a snowman almost, it feels like. That's exactly what it's like, yeah. <laughs> so what, do, do we have a name for this? we got to give this technique uh, a, a name worthy of this in, in, incredible revelation. Like, like It's an a elevated name. chip, but elevated chip is not doing it. Like This is a championship or something like that. Oh, something that, along that, those actually, lines. Champ- championship is not bad. <laughs> oh, hey, look, feel free. I, we, we did the... Potbelly Jardinera, uh, you're going to enjoy that at lunch. And if you want to use championship, uh, by all means, uh, be, 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 I guess, you can serve them up. And, and if you want to throw them in the in the BA, I want to see. I'm going to go look. I mean, the 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 uh, French onion one, the sour cream and onion one is is literally like in my mouth right now. I can taste it after you describing it. So, uh, that's, so that's good. That's got to be this Sunday. How else am I going to uh, survive watching my dead skins get pounded by the effing Dallas Cowboys? <laughs> yeah, that's oh, oh well, damn! You're going back to back NFC East to open, yeah, huh? Right, tough to tough to start off the NFC East season the zero and two, but uh, it's it's what I've prepared myself mentally for. Maybe I'll be pleasantly right. surprised, but but I kind of I, I well, kind of doubt it. The consolation will be, and again, here I'll give you the if you want to just Google Bon Appetit. Onion dip potato chips—that's what they're called. Um, that, that'll be a nice consolation prize for—we're uh, not going to say they lost yet, right? Well, I'm, I just have to prepare myself <laughs> mentally. I, I, don't, I don't care. I mean, it's like how, how else am I going to survive the football season? Anyway, Alex Delaney, incredible. We could do this for for another hour. We touched on a couple things that really do deserve their own shows, including the the the, the beverage angle here. I mean, you are the drinks editor. At Bon Appetit, but let let's save it. Maybe we'll do playoff drinks as the uh, NFL playoffs come along. We'll have you on and, and give out because that's really when the the appetite, the football appetite and the food appetite. You know, it's the middle of the winter and everybody's oh, looking yeah. for something to to get them through. We come back on and we'll talk about uh you know uh, an entire uh, beverage menu to get us through the NFL playoffs. If if, if you would indulge us. Oh, I count me in. Yeah. All right, my man. Thank you so much for joining us today, Alex Delady. Alex, thanks for having me. All right, my taste buds, there we go. My enormous thanks to Alex Delaney. I promise we're going to have him back uh, come the end of, of football season. We didn't really touch on pizza. We have a few things to discuss there. We didn't touch on beer. A couple of ideas that we should definitely cover on that side. Of course, always my thanks to Kevin Clark. We will be back again next week with another delicious episode. We have uh, a, an eminence, a luminary in the food field with a brand new book that's uh, just come out called Burn the Ice. Kellen Alexander 
from Thrillist is coming on to walk us through his tour of the American culinary scene. And I think you're going to like the conversation. Until then, my hungry homies, let's stay hungry out there. <laughs>